Greetings, Team Ajulam. Karibuni sana tena. We are now on our 11th episode of the Axe series. Hey, tunendelea tu. Yeah, we are, we are, we're still here. We're still here. We're coming. We're well, to almost. <laughs> yeah, to almost. Now, um, last week, we learned about Philip the evangelist, and we also looked at, uh, you know, the model of evangelism through Jesus Christ, right? Uh, and, and how he had this conversation with the woman, uh, the Samaritan woman at the well, right? So we looked at Philip the evangelist and evangelism in general through Jesus Christ and the model of evangelism that he teaches us through his interaction with the Samaritan woman. Now, today we will be looking at Acts 9, which is the story of the conversion of Saul, Okay. Saul, the guy who, is, who became, uh, who changed his name to Paul, right? Um, so let's read um, Acts 9 until verse 9, from verse 1 to verse 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Now, the first time we see Saul mentioned in, 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 in the Bible is in the book of Acts, um, uh, chapter 7, verse, from verse 57 to 58, which is when, if you remember, when we talked about Stephen the martyr, and you remember that when they were stoning him, there was a guy that they went and it says that they put their coats at the foot of a guy named, a young man named Saul. That's the Saul. That's Saul. So he was the guy who basically, when these guys were stoning him, they, uh, they went and gave him their jackets. He was the guy who was minding their jackets, right, as they were stoning him. And so he was there in full observance of the persecution that happened against Stephen. And he was a first-hand witness. He was an eyewitness of this persecution that was happening to Stephen. And so what we're told is that after the murder of Stephen, that he, uh, Saul, then became emboldened. And now the, his mission now was to basically destroy the church, right? His mission was to destroy the church. So he went from house to house dragging men and women of what they were calling at that point in time the way and putting them in prison. I really love the name the way. I really like that. Like the followers of the way. I am a follower of the way. Right? So these guys of the way, that's how they were persecuting them, putting them in prison. So the thing is that he's on his way to Damascus to arrest more followers uh, of Jesus and he has a divine encounter with Jesus Christ which changes his life forever. Like changes his life completely. But before we discuss this encounter, I want us to just discuss some context around uh, Saul and, and who he was, right? So first and foremost, like I mentioned in the beginning, Saul is Paul. Paul, the guy who wrote like a third of the New Testament, right? Um, that Paul. This is the Saul that we're talking about, okay? And Saul was a, a Greek-speaking Jew, right? And who was a tent maker by profession. So I could make tents. 
other thing is Saul was a member of the Pharisees, which was a religious uh, sect, right? It was a religious sect at the time. And if you remember, the thing about the Pharisees is that they were very careful students of the Hebrew Bible, right? So the Torah and the prophets, they were very, you know, careful students of the law, right? And if you read the Gospels, you'll find that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were the fiercest opponents of everything that Jesus represented. So everything that was that Jesus represented, they, they were the most fierce, you know, opponents of Jesus Christ himself, right? And according to later confessions from Paul himself, he actually claims himself to be a pure Jew and a very strict follower of Jewish law, okay? This is the reason why he fiercely, he says himself, that he fiercely persecuted the followers of the way, right? Because in essence, he actually legitimately believed that he was doing God's work. In Philippians 3, 5 to 6, he writes, I was circumcised when I was eight years old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew. If there was ever, if ever there was one, I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And so the thing that's so interesting is that Saul believed he was following after God by persecuting the followers of the way. Right? You know, one of the things that we can see here just from how zealous this guy was. I mean, this guy, it was like this was his mission. He was such a, such a strict follower of the law, zealous for the law, right? That he clearly had a passion for the things of God, right? But the thing is that he was headed in the wrong direction. But he had a passion for these things because the guy was just there like passionately persecuting the church and doing it with all his strength and might. At this point in time, Saul is about at the time when uh, we meet him in this story of uh, his encounter with Jesus Christ, is he was about the, the estimate that he was in between, between 28 to 32 years old. That's why they refer to him as a young man, right? The, the, the young man that they put the jackets on. So he's in between uko 28 to 32 in between there. So he's you know, like a young dude, but in his prime, you know, strictly following, strictly following after the law of Moses, okay? And he made it his mission at his young age, at this 28 to 32, he made it his mission to destroy the followers of the way. He was primed for it. In fact, he was so primed for it, this guy was a tent maker. So meaning that he could go, he could easily travel to different towns and set stuff up. You know, this is part of the reason why he was such a good, um, later on we realized why he was such a good uh, missionary. Um, uh, is because he was a tent maker. So meaning that he was able to travel with his stuff, set up shop, and go persecute the, the followers of the way, right? So this guy was primed for this work, right? And the thing is, is that on account of Saul, the church began to experience intense persecution at that time, okay? Now, on his way to Damascus, right? He goes, he's set in his ways, he has an encounter with Jesus. And the thing that's so interesting is, is that I want us to be able to now look at Another different um, uh, narration of that experience that happens in Damascus. Now, in his, in his later years, towards the end of his ministry, Paul, at this point in time, has been arrested. He had been, he used to be arrested a lot. But at this point in time, he had been arrested. And he was um, um, giving his, his defense um, uh, before King Agrippa. And at this point in time, he begins to narrate the story that happens of, happened of his conversion in Acts 26 from verse 12 to 21. And I want us to be able to read it because it's, in a sense, now 
Paul narrating what happened during that time when he, his conversion happened, okay? Now, allow me to read it. On one of these journeys, now this is Paul speaking. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. Now, here's the thing. In the story of Saul's conversion, Saul is working with a squad of guys, sees um, on his way to go and persecute Jesus' disciples, sees this bright light from heaven. He says, brighter than the sun. That's what he says here. That, that's shining from heaven, right? No wonder he was blind. I'm sure if you look at the sun, you'll, get, you'll be blind. Right? Brighter than the sun. And he hears a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, the first thing, the first thing that is, is interesting here to note is the fact that is, is, is if you remember when we did the... Um, the first sermon this year, the Mary year, right? The story of Mary and Martha. And you begin to see how Jesus, um, uh, uh, when he's speaking to Martha, says her name twice, Martha, Martha. Now, the thing that is interesting is that in Hebrew, repeating a person's name is, a, is an expression of intimacy, right? And so it's quite amazing here to see how, you know, actually, in fact, even before that, you know, like literally there's about maybe eight times in, the, in, in all of scripture where, where God um, says someone's name twice, right? Um, Abraham, Abraham, Jacob, Jacob, uh, Moses, Moses. And, 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 and this, is, this is something quite, 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 quite important in terms of whenever that happens, right? Uh, Samuel, Samuel, right? And in the New Testament, there's probably maybe about four times where Jesus does this. Um, the first time he does it is with Simon. Where he, when, he, when Simon is about, where he's telling Simon that he's going to betray him. He, he does this with Martha as well, as I mentioned, Martha, Martha. He does this on the cross when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then now here is the fourth time when he does it, when he does it with Saul. And my thinking is that, you know, if Saul was, you know, as, 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 as a studious and diligent reader of the Hebrew, you know, Bible and the Hebrew law, probably may have known this, right? And I find it incredibly just, in, just, I think this is pretty amazing how, you know, Jesus, who this guy is calling out to this persecutor of the church, and already we can see through him saying his name twice, is communicating, already communicating his affection towards Saul, who is persecuting the church. He's already communicating his affection towards him. And he was determined to get Saul's attention, Right? And Saul probably may have known this, right? If he was as studious as he says that he was, right? Now, the thing that I want us to be able to, 
really focus in on is, is some words that were omitted in, in chapter 9 that Paul speaks about here when he's speaking to King Agrippa. Where he says, right, that after he says, you know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That he adds this, these words from Jesus that it is hard for you to kick against the gods. It's hard for you to kick against the gods. Now, what does this mean? What does this mean? Now, to kick against the gods was a phrase that Greeks and Romans used to imply ruinous resistance. So, basically, it's to say that your resistance is ruining you. Uh, kind of a similar way, a phrase that we would use today is uh, something like to shoot yourself in the foot. Right? That's what the kicking against the gods is. It's like basically saying, you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot. And, and how this phrase came to be is that a god was this, you know, block of, it was like this timber that, that they used so that on, on one side it was, it was blunt and on the other end it was, it was pointed. And what farmers used to do is that the way that they would use this god is whenever you have a stubborn ox that would be resistant, you know, Uko, they are just being resistant, right? And what would happen is this, is that when you try to get this stubborn ox into motion, it would, you would use the, the sharp end of the gourd to be able to, to prod it to, to move. Now what would happen is that there would be times where there would be an ox that would be very uh, resistant and foolish. And what it would do is that it would kick against the gourd. And when it would kick against the gourd, it would hurt itself. It would basically injure itself. So this thing that's meant to prod it forward, there are times where it would kick against it. And when it kicks against it, it would hurt itself. Right? And basically injure itself. Now this is what that phrase basically means, to kick against the God. And so what Jesus is saying to Saul when he meets with, when, he, when, he, when Saul is encountering him, what he says to Saul is that your resistance to me is only hurting you. Your resistance is ruining you. In fact, in the, in the NLT version, I, I like how the NLT version, it says, it is useless for you to fight against my will. This is what Jesus was saying to to Saul. It is useless for you to fight against my will. And you know the thing is for me, this, this when I was preparing this, man, my friends, <laughs> this thing hit me hard, man. It hit me hard. Because the, I think, just like Saul, I wonder if there are things in your life that God has spoken to you about but you are resisting. What Jesus is saying to Saul was that fighting against my will only hurts you. Your resistance is ruining you. Have you ever felt like that? Where you've been in a, in a I wonder if you've been in a perpetual wilderness eh? for a very long time that never seems to come to an end. And I wonder if it's possible, if it's possibly because you are kicking against the gods. That there is something that the Lord has been convicting you about, but you are resisting. You know, the thing is that there is a very great similarity between the wilderness experience that the Israelites in Exodus experienced and the one that Jesus experienced in Matthew 4. Now, in both scenarios, in both scenarios, in the one for the Israelites in Exodus and the one for Jesus, is that both scenarios, that they were both led into the wilderness by God. They were both led into the wilderness by God to be tested. But the difference is this, the Israelites resisted God and stayed in the wilderness. While Jesus obeyed God and was ushered into, the, into his calling. 
where it says that he came out into the wilderness with power and began his ministry to preach the kingdom. Right? Began to preach the kingdom. The Israelites stayed. <laughs> right? Then they stayed because they resisted God. And Jesus walked out of that wilderness in 40 days because he obeyed God in the time of his testing. For some of us, a.k.a. <laughs> anytime I say some of us, please, I'm included in that, 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 that equation. We have been patiently waiting on the Lord. Patiently waiting on the Lord. Really been patiently waiting on the Lord. But in reality, it is the Lord waiting on us. He's waiting on us to stop resisting him in the things that he's calling us to do. Saul, who here was a fierce persecutor of the church, fierce persecutor of the church, who is in very, his very first encounter with Jesus, very first encounter with Jesus, makes a decision not to disobey this calling. In his own words, he says, So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. This is what we just read earlier in, in Acts 26. And the thing is that we all know when we go and we read, in fact, if you go and read now uh, uh, Acts 9, if you go read the full chapter, you begin to see how instantly and immediately his life was transformed. That literally just a few days later, he was in the, in the, in the, in the temple courts speaking and preaching that Jesus is the Son of God. For some of us, we have seen and heard from Jesus more than Saul had at this point in his life. He's been there. We've seen him move mountains in our lives. We've seen him move mountains in other people's lives. But still, in spite of this, we still persist in kicking against the gods. Not realizing that our inability to submit to his will is only hurting us. Here is the thing. Saul, who is this zealous Jew and Pharisee, was being asked to go and spread the gospel to Gentiles. This was a very tall order. This was a very difficult thing for anyone to do, and especially at this point in time, for him as a Jew, this was a very incredible task to go and speak to the Gentiles. I mean, this went against everything that he had taught and he had been taught and everything that he believed, everything that he had been taught and had believed up until this point. This went against that, right? This task was so difficult that even the disciples who knew Jesus, remember Paul wasn't there where Jesus was, this, even his own disciples, Jesus' own disciples, right, like Peter and, and James, had great difficulty in being able to go and preach the gospel to Gentiles. This was no easy mission. But the thing about Saul is that he chose not to resist. Paul, or Saul, chose not to resist and i'm certain for those of you, you who this word is is resonating with right if it's resonating with you i know that there is certain areas in which the lord is speaking to you about and he's been asking you to surrender to him there's probably been things around in your life that you know that you know you know you know right now even as i'm speaking that god is asking you to surrender to him you know exactly where it is that you've been kicking against the god the thing is this, it's hurting you. And today, my prayer is this, that we would all hear the voice of Jesus saying to us, it is useless for you to fight against my will. It is useless for you to fight against my will. Today is the day to surrender to God. Today is that bright light moment 
the day to surrender to God's will, to stop hurting yourself. Now, the beautiful thing about this story of soul's conversion is that this man who's been kicking against the gods, fighting God's will, when he meets Jesus, what Jesus does is that he introduces himself and identifies himself as the one that he is fighting a losing battle against. But the thing that is so beautiful is that Jesus doesn't dwell on Saul's rebellion, right? He doesn't spend time, you know, making Saul feel guilty for persecuting him. You know, the thing that I love is that he's like, you know, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city. Like literally after, after Paul asks, who are you? He's like, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now he's like, okay, now get up eh? and now I want you to go. He doesn't dwell on this. Right? And I love this about Jesus, like that, that he points out his, his sin, but he doesn't dwell on it. And, and, you know, any condemnation that you feel at this point is not from God. Conviction is from God, but not condemnation. You know, conviction, which is from God, says something like, you need to let go of that thing in your life and surrender it to me. Condemnation, which is from the devil, says something like, you're a terrible person for doing that. You're a terrible person for going astray. Right? God would never forgive you for that. God will never take you back. Saul, in this moment of conversion, receives conviction and forgiveness all in one. And he chooses not to resist God. He chooses not to resist God as this encounter is happening. What Saul experienced was repentance. The word repentance actually means to change your mind. And in fact, a better word is actually to reconsider. That's what repentance means, to reconsider. What Saul did here at this encounter with Jesus is that he reconsidered the direction of his life and the direction that he was taking and turned to God. He decided that it was no longer beneficial for him to kick against the gods. Today, I believe that God is calling us to repentance. To change our minds, to reconsider our stance, to realize that it is futile and it is, in fact, it is hurting us to resist his will. Resisting his will only hurts us. Stop kicking against the gods. Stop resisting God's will and surrender to him. For some of us, it may be something that he's asking you to give up. Or for others, it may be something that he's asking you to do. Or maybe you're just running away from God and he's asking you to surrender your life to him. The thing that is so interesting is that Jesus had an amazing plan for Saul. But the thing is this, it required for him to surrender his life to Christ. He needed to stop kicking against the gods. He needed to stop and choose to stop hurting himself by surrendering himself to God's will. In the passage we just read, it said to Saul, the, the, Jesus said to, says to Saul, eh? I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. And the thing that's so interesting is that this is exactly what we've been talking about throughout this series. This is all we've been talking about throughout this series. That Jesus wants to use us to be his witness. Right? And what this requires of us is for us to surrender. 
that we have to surrender our lives to him. We have to choose to do things God's way. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. Stop hurting yourself and submit to God. This is not a matter of the will. This is a matter of faith. Faith to know that God's way leads to life. We all know that Saul went on to become poor. Who outside of Jesus himself has been the most influential person in building up the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so the thing about this whole conversion of Saul, the message to us, the message that we can take out from this story of his conversion is that submit to God. Stop resisting God. Stop kicking against the gods. It's only hurting you. It is, a, like Jesus says, it's a hard thing to kick against the gods. And so today, I believe that this is a moment for that bright light that has come. That Jesus is saying to us that I want you to surrender. You already know the things. Right now, whoever it is that's listening, you know the things that God is speaking to you about and the things that he is convicting you about. And today is the day, just like Saul, to surrender to him. Stop kicking against the gods. It is only hurting you. I hope you're ready, just like me, to walk out of this perpetual wilderness by stopping to kick against the gods and to stop resisting what God is wanting to do in our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this word that you have given to us today. Lord Jesus, we just want to be able to come before you and submit ourselves before you, Father. We submit ourselves before you, King of Heaven. We surrender our lives to you. We surrender everything to you. Every single thing that um, you have told us to surrender before you. We surrender our whole lives before you. And we come saying that we are no longer willing to kick against the gods. We are no longer willing to hurt ourselves by resisting you. And so we submit before you today. We thank you for your acceptance that we know that when we confess our sins before you that you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That you are the one who takes us. And you are the one, as Paul says, sanctifies us. We come before you to submit and surrender everything before you. Change us, transform us, strengthen us that we may do your will always. For it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share it with someone whom you love. Share it with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button, subscribe, subscribe. God bless you guys.